Hey there, I'm Grace. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. Did you know that self-managing your rental properties can save you thousands of dollars and give you a better performing portfolio? So stop leaving money on the table. Property Management Academy is a self-paced course that teaches you step-by-step how to self-manage your own real estate properties so that you can confidently self-manage. Check out the PMA course on our website, womeninvestinrealestate.com slash PMA. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Wire Podcast. Today is episode 32, and we have a special request from one of our Instagram followers. Amelia is going to read us that message, and then we're going to get talking. We love getting these messages. So Melissa messaged me on Instagram. She said, hello, loving your podcast. I'm new to real estate, and we are looking for strictly cash flow to pay for liabilities we have. My husband wants to buy our first investment property with cash, hold, and then later when rates come down and hopefully the place appreciates, refinance. I would love a podcast on buying all cash and whether you think that would be okay. That's a good question. I think the answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah. Long story short. Okay. Podcast over. It depends. Exactly. No, <laughs> but we'll walk through it. I think it really does depend on your strategy though. So Grace, like what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So my first thought is she said, hold until rates come down and refinance. If we knew when rates were going to come down and what they were going to come down to, everybody would be very rich because we'd be able, be able to predict that, but we can't. So that's one thing that I'm like, mm, you're, that's, that's going to be pretty hard to predict. However, if that's what you feel comfortable with and makes you sleep at night, knowing that you have no debt on a property and you just want one cash flowing rental, that could be a great option. However, to scale, that's not a great option because you want to keep that capital moving as quickly as possible. I really think it also depends on the returns. So let's use an easy number. So let's say you buy a property for $100,000 and you buy it all cash. And let's say the rents for that property, it meets the 1% rule exactly. So you get $1,000 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. And because you don't have a mortgage on it, you would essentially bring in $12,000 for the year. So your cash on cash return would be $12,000 divided by $100,000. So it'd be about 12%, which is not a terrible cash on cash return by any means, especially in certain markets. However, you have to take into account the capital expenditures that you're going to have. So property tax, insurance, property tax, insurance. So you really aren't going to be making $1,000 every month, even though you don't have a mortgage, you still should be setting aside some reserves. Mm -hmm. So then that maybe brings your cash on cash return down to 9%. So then you have to decide, okay, is it really worth me having $100,000 sitting around in one property when instead I could buy five properties and put $20,000 thousand dollars down on five hundred thousand dollar properties and then have five properties that are appreciating bringing in cash flow etc yeah and there's so many things that can happen to one property if all of your bets are on one house natural disasters tenants who stop paying maintenance issues that go wrong maybe the market in general just tanks there I think personally, it's better to have a little bit of diversification. Even if all your houses are in the same market, that's still diversification. You're not relying on one tenant to pay everything for you. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And I don't think we're saying that you can't buy a house all cash. It's just you have to analyze the situation. Personally, unless I'm going to burr the property, which we'll talk about, I'm really 
not for buying a property all cash unless yeah the plan is to refinance within six months to a year that is my exact philosophy as well and i will buy all cash i think i've bought all cash once or twice and i had private money and i bought a cash you know 80 cents on the dollar 70 cents on the dollar it was really disgusting, full of crap. I fixed it up. It took three, four, five months to fix it up. I refinanced to get all of that cash back again, because it is private money. I have to refinance and then I do it again. And I actually walked a property this morning, Amelia, it's bright and early, but I've already been through a property and I'm probably going to put a cash offer on it. Just like we're talking about, put 10, $15,000 into it and then refinance to get all that money back and do it again. Awesome. Is it a single family? Yes, it's a single family in a really up and coming part of Cedar Rapids, surrounded by some brand new multifamily builds. So the houses right next to it are really crappy, but it's like a couple houses down are all the new builds. So I've always wanted to buy houses in this area. And I always told myself, if any of these houses come for sale, I'm buying them because I only have to sit on it for a few years and some developer will come and buy all these lots and I'll make bank. So I'm really excited about it. It is a foreclosure, so it has to be a cash offer. And um, it's only for $60,000 and we'll see. I think that there's going to be some pretty high offers on it because it's priced really well. But yeah, I can't leave $60,000 in this house and wait five years to sell it. Like I got to keep that cash moving to scale my portfolio. That's a great point too. Like I know Melissa who asked the question said when rates come down, then they'll refinance, but why not just purchase it via financing right now? And then when rates come down, refinance again. Yeah, true. Just because that's you, a good point. Just because you have a loan on it doesn't mean you can't refinance it. And something I heard the other day on, I think a podcast was when you lock in a rate, assuming it's fixed, which I mean, there's five, one arms, seven, one arms, whatever. Those aren't fixed. Those are adjustable after five years, seven years, 10 years. But assuming you have a fixed rate, your rate will never increase before it's paid off. You do have the opportunity to refinance at a lower rate. But if you lock in a rate, you know that rate won't get worse because your property is literally going to be paid off. You don't have to get a new mortgage. That is if you don't add more debt or refinance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the reason why we recommend buying all cash for a Burr property like Grace just talked about is because then you don't have multiple closing costs associated with the refinance. And also if it, like Grace said, this is a foreclosure, so she can only buy in cash. Like this is not, you can't finance a foreclosure most of the time. So yeah, in cash, when it comes to rates, Another thing that pops into my head is if you're buying cash, you should get a discount because you don't have the financing contingencies. It's quicker. It's neater on paper. So you should be getting a better deal. So that better deal, quote unquote, should account for having to pay maybe some not amazing rates on the back end. Obviously, you have to do all this math beforehand, analyze all of this beforehand. But I like cash because it's quick. I am so impatient. Me and you are the most impatient people I've ever met on the face of this earth. (laughs) No, you're more impatient than me. I'm sorry. Really? You think so? Okay. Yeah. That's saying something. I am incredibly impatient. Like this house I walked this morning, I'm like, I want it tomorrow. I want to start working on it tomorrow. Obviously I haven't even made an offer on it yet, (laughs) but that's why I like cash because it's quick. And that also accounts for a lot because the more deals you can do in a year, the more you can scale, the more cash flow you can make, the more equity you can gain, all that good stuff. 
for the foreclosure, I think people will find this interesting because we get questions about foreclosures too. And I've never bought one, but Me neither. is this a sheriff's sale where you're going to have to go to an auction or is it closed where you submit your best and highest? So I believe it's closed where I have to submit my best and highest in the next 48 hours because that's what it says on the listing. It's due on Wednesday. I've never been to a sheriff's sale. I would love to. I have no clue how that works. I know you have to bring like cashier's checks to those, but yeah, it's like a a literal live bid. But foreclosures in general for kind of confuse me. So we should really bring somebody on who has a lot of experience with that. That'd be a great episode. I went to a sheriff's sale once. I was the only person that showed up and they wanted, it was so bad. They, I don't know. They wanted, because they're kind of a racket in the market that I was in. They basically want what's owed on the property, even if the property is only worth half of that. So basically what happens is you go to the sheriff's sale. They say the bid starts at 60,000, even though the property is only worth 30. If nobody bids on it, then it goes back and they basically take like It takes another month and then people can start submitting bids at like what they think the property is worth. Interesting. Yeah. So you just stood there and didn't raise your hand for anything and just listen? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the clerk just walked out and was like, here's what they want for it. Do you want to pay that? And we was like, no. And so then it was over. (laughs) Oh my God. Why is that picture in my head so funny? I thought it was at the jail too, because that's like the sheriff's office. So I'm just Was it outside? Like on the steps? No. It was in oh. the waiting area of the jail. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so that didn't work out, but I'll be curious to hear how this goes. Yeah, I think that auctions and stuff like that, that's just another niche that if you get good at it, you can be really good at it, but you don't necessarily need to learn it and know it like the back of your hand if you already have something that's working for you. Yeah. The last thing that I'll say about buying all cash, and I think this is for anything that you buy or any way that you buy, you have to be really good at running the numbers. You just have to be solid and you have to not only be good at running the numbers, but you have to be good at understanding what the numbers are telling you. So if you don't know what cash on cash return means or Mm-hmm. what cash flow is, etc. Like you need to be digging into that more before you start investing. I see people all the time who want to get started investing, but they don't know how to run the numbers. And I'm like, that's the first step. And there's so many free resources out there to teach you how to do it. Yeah. And I think we should actually explain a little bit more of why is a cash offer stronger? Because some people might not realize that why and how that works. And the reason that a cash offer is stronger is because you're saying I have the cash in my bank account. I don't go get a loan and have to submit a bunch of papers and have a bunch of financing contingencies. It's there. And also a lot of cash offers, you don't have to do this, but a lot of people who are experienced will do this. We'll waive all, all other contingencies. So property contingencies. So it is literally, I wrote this offer and I just did this yesterday, although it was creative financing. So technically it's a cash offer with creative financing. I have no contingencies, no financing contingencies, no inspections, nothing. Literally, as long as there's a clear title, I'm closing. And that is a done deal in in the seller's head. So there's no stress for them. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe people that have never bought a property before, or maybe have just purchased one, don't realize that there are some hoops that you have to jump through a lot when you're getting a loan. They're going to want because a bank is an investor. They want to make sure that they are protecting themselves because technically when you finance a property, you don't own it. 
the bank owns that property until you've paid that mortgage off in full. So they want to make sure, you know, the mechanicals are sound, the property cash flows, there's mm-hmm. not huge issues with it. So that, that takes you have longer. funds to cover a surprise expense, right. a natural disaster, a flood, whatever. Exactly. So if you submit a financing offer, it's not guaranteed to go through. Even if you've been pre-approved, there are still things that you have to provide. That's why sellers like to see cash offers because it's going to be quicker. There's not as many hoops to jump through, etc. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to point out when it comes to a cash offer, I just said a minute ago that that means you have literal cash in your bank account. That's actually not hundred percent true. If you have a HELOC or private money or hard money, you, when you use that money to submit offers, you are submitting cash offers. So you're saying when you have a HELOC, you can cash that out and put it in your bank account. You might ne- not necessarily have it in your bank account when you submit the offer, And some people, if there's an agent, for example, they'll probably want proof of funds, but the normal average Joe doesn't know what proof of funds is. They're not going to ask for that. So you can use your HELOC as a cash offer. You can use hard money, private money. So there are ways around it, but it's still saying I have the money. There's no contingencies. And of course, if you are submitting those offers, you better make sure you're going to have that money. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because I think it's just second nature to us that we know that cash offers mean cash in any form. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, even if you don't have cold, hard cash in the bank, you could have a 401k loan, hard money, private money, HELOC. I don't know. There's all sorts of IRA, like different things. So yeah. Yep. And so when I have done my cash offers, like I said, those that was private money. And it was physically in my bank account when I made those offers because I had already had that private money and I rolled it into the next project. But even if it's not technically in your bank account, but you know you're getting that money, that can be a cash offer. But again, if an agent's going to ask for proof of funds, you got to figure out how to get it in your bank account or get proof of funds somehow. Yeah. So for me, the biggest thing I would look at, I'm harp on this so much just to kind of wrap this episode up. It's cash on cash return for me. If my cash on cash return is 8% with a cash offer, but if I finance the property, it's 20%. I'm doing the financed offer. I'm not buying all cash because I want my money making as much money as possible. Exactly. And we're in scale mode. So it's all about the next one, whereas Melissa might not be. She might want one and done, and that's okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's really personal. So just just some things to think about when, you, when you're looking to buy a property, all cash. Just a few things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got anything else you want to add? No, I think good luck to Melissa, and thanks for asking that question. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wirewithtwoeyes.community.